Hello and welcome to Great Takes Less Filling by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go you fur. With me this week, after his media day extravaganza, is Blake, Iowa Gopher. Always happy to be here. Alright, so this is going to be a completely Big Ten media day focused Great Takes Less Filling. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Blake had the opportunity to be on site at Big Ten Media Days today. He had an opportunity to, this is his second year actually that he's been there, um, and he had the full the full run of it uh, from Flex Presser right out to the individual time with both Coach Fleck and the players. So he's got a lot of, a lot of good nuggets. Um, I guess to start, Blake, you know, obviously this isn't your first time anymore. You're a veteran, quote unquote, of Big Ten Media Days. Uh, what uh, are your general impressions having a chance to come not with fresh eyes but with some experience generally about the event itself and about more football specific stuff that you got to witness yeah well this you know being my second year some of the newness was off you know last year which is a completely different experience and I was just kind of soaking it all in this year I'd say it was probably a little more just business-like just as I'd been through before I kind of knew the ropes and knew what I wanted to do and came in you know with a plan for questions and I was kind of able to anticipate how the day was going to go, um, but still it was pretty cool nonetheless. I mean, you get half of the – it's a two-day event, and today they had half the coaches. You know, Scott Frost was there, Levy Smith, Mark D'Antonio, Fleck, I think Tom Allen, and I'm forgetting one more. I'm going to feel bad about it later. Oh, Mike Loxley um, from Maryland. But overall, it's just – it's a cool experience, and especially, you know, it's um, a lot of the media guys that I personally don't interact with at all, like in person. If I interact with them at all, it's on Twitter. Um, but they, you know, they're all in one place, you know, from the athletic, it's to the SB nation sites, to the local papers. Um, it's just kind of cool to see everybody in one place. Um, and there's just so much talent there in terms of the players and the coaches, you know, the big 10 network is on site. Um, it's just a generally cool experience. And like, a, you know, like you said, I got to ask a question on camera too, for the second year in a row, um, during flex presser, which is just a generally cool moment. Um, I, a, that was elite, elite microphone holding form, by the way. I don't hold it. And probably people can't tell. I don't think I'm holding it tight enough. I feel like I just have a very limp, limp grip on it. And I don't think people can tell that, but I can looking at the, the footage again, I can tell that and it bothers me next year. I need to set up my game. Uh, Mighty ducks, man. Soft hands. Right. Yeah, man. Soft hands. Okay. Hey, well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what I can do next year, but, uh, um, no, it's just an overall cool experience, and I mean, if any other writers are listening to this, I'd encourage you if you have the uh, if you have the opportunity to go. Um, it's just cool to get some face time with players, other reporters, coaches, things like that. So, before we jump into any you know Fleck and go for specific stuff, I just want a general like take from you, like seeing them talk in person. Um, is there a coach that you like better because of how they interact with the media when you get to see them in this kind of setting? Um, or somebody that you dislike more, I guess, maybe we'll go that route too. Um, I would say Scott Frost is a lot funnier than I anticipated. Great. I don't like, I don't watch a lot of his like press conferences or just like say, I just don't, I don't have any reason to. Um, he's actually very funny and it was funny too. Cause he, he actually made like a planes, trains, automobiles joke because he was late, um, due to bed, whether they had to emergency land in Peoria and I don't know if they took a plane or drove to Chicago, but they had to they flip him and Levy Smith's time. Um, and he came up to the podium and was like, yeah, I just got uh, – I was just in a hotel in, like, some town in Illinois selling shower curtain rings. And he just made comments like that during his whole presser, and it's only, like, 15 minutes. But I was sort of taken aback by his sense of humor, but he does seem like a down-to-earth guy. 
Um, Mark D'Antonio is exactly who you think he is. Um, he's just like not going to smile, just state his business. Um, honestly, I'd, honestly, I'd never seen, I was trying to remember what, like what Tom Allen looked like. I, I feel that's probably insulting to Indiana, but we just, I can't remember the last time Minnesota played Indiana. Last season, literally last season. Did they play last year? Yes. On the Friday night game. Oh, that's right. With your shot. <laughs> okay. That, that my impressions of Indiana are just bad. Um, but now I know what Tom Allen looks like. Um, Lovey Smith obviously has the best beard in the Big Ten. I know Andy brought up that Winston De La Tibudier, the Gophers' defensive end, has an equally good beard, and I will admit that. Just Lovey's is just like the salt and pepper beard is like objectively impressive. I mean that's what I mean that's why I liked Flex Beard when he was growing it. Like I mean not with us obviously that was a Rutgers thing, but. That's why I liked his beard when he was growing it at Rutgers was because it was the salt and pepper beard. I wish Fleck would grow something, even just like his hair back. I just I worry that like he lost the hair that Minnesota robbed him of his hair. That's what I, I worry that the stress of the job has robbed him of his hair. I wanted to ask him. I just want to say, man, do you shave that, or did this job legitimately cause you to lose the ability to grow hair? But I didn't, I didn't want to get too personal. But it's I worry about him. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Fleck. Um, he had an, uh, a press conference today that kind of got off on uh, a, a topic that I think not every Gopher fan was especially excited to hear about, youth. And I'm just interested, like, what's your take on Fleck emphasizing youth again coming into uh, this this season? Well, I mean, he's not wrong. And it's, it's I wouldn't say it's the same message as last year. It's a little augmented. Last year was youth and inexperience. This year he's kind of preaching youth and experience because a lot of the young guys – um, had I got up a lot of experience last year. I mean, they returned, you know, 80, 90% of their production. Um, I think that the point he made too, is that, you know, they're experienced, but they're still young. I mean, there's still, still a lot of starters going to be sophomores. So like, I think it's just tempering the, the notion that they have so much returning production, but it's not like if they're all junior seniors. Um, and some people, you know, look at that as him, you know, kind of downplaying the excitement, whereas some people want to bring up expectations, especially with, you know, the problems they've had attendance wise, um, and I guess it is kind of unusual to see Fleck kind of downplay anything because he's usually kind of a good hype man, or at least that's the perception that people have of him and how he talks. But um, and I didn't, I honestly didn't think too much about it when he was talking about it. It wasn't until I got on Twitter and you know saw some of the um, Gopher voices kind of uh, breaking him over the coals for it. But um, I think it's certainly fair to argue that um, he needs to do a better job of you know raising expectations for what could be a pretty good season. Um, coming up, uh, I think go for fan of me is like, don't, don't do that. Don't hype up expectations. Cause <laughs> I, you no. know, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as the bottom falls out, I'm going to be devastated. I'm already, I've already, my two words of the off season have been cautious optimism. Cause I, I think this legitimately could be a good season, but I just, you know, being go for fan, it's, uh, I'm hesitant to get my hopes up. Um, so I guess I don't have a problem with it, but I mean, from a PR standpoint, um, I guess I could see it. Yeah, I guess for me, it's less even, I do think folks have a good point. Like there's an opportunity to, to sell a message of excitement without even really having to get away from the youth. You could just really emphasize the excitement part more. And I think that makes sense to me. I think for me, it's honestly like, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I feel like people tune out if they feel like they hear the same message two years in a row and all they have to hear is youth. And a lot of people will tune out because of that. And I mean, I don't think that's like the biggest deal in the world. I mean, 
it just that's what I thought when I heard you when I heard him say youth again I'm like yeah I know it's a different message but eh, whatever but then again I'm super hyper attentive to all that stuff so I could be a completely horrible example of what an average Minnesota sports fan is going to get from the experience and let's face it there's pretty much nothing that he could say that wouldn't get the sports uh, the talking head section of the Minnesota sports media to go at him one way or the other so like it really for anyone who like listens to the the sports radio and like takes that as their source of truth they were going to hear something about Fleck saying dumb things anyway cuz yeah I mean, that's just that's just their nature <laughs> if he if he was super confident it would be oh boy look at Fleck all they do is beat Wisconsin once and all da 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 da, da. You know, there was no yeah. way he was going to, there's no way to win that particular expectations game. So exactly. Yeah. All right. So separate from or moving on from that, you know, very early component of his press conference, what were your overall impressions about what his rest of his message was? Or, or, I mean, did you get anything new that you hadn't already thought of from that press conference? Um, from the press conference, um, not particularly. I mean, um, to me, the two most interesting questions, not to toot my own horn, was I wanted to know about, you know, Joe Rossi. And he mentioned, you know, he's just um, an uh, elite educator was because, you know, Fleck harkened back to his experience as a social studies, a sixth grade social studies teacher. And he said that's just kind of how he approached his higher end coach. They have to be an elite educator. Um, he did make a good, um, interesting, candid comment, too, about um how when Rossi took over after the Illinois loss, he acknowledged that it was kind of a tumultuous period. I and mean, then he made the comment that, you know, he made sure the grass um, was cut back home and they were mulching all the beds because the house could be on the market soon. So he acknowledged, too, that, like, you know, people were, were lighting a fire under him after that Illinois game. And luckily they um, – unfortunately they were able to turn it around through Joe Rossi. So that that I just thought was an interesting comment um, and, and how Rossi's role in those final four games really kind of turned that season around. Um, and then our own, you know – I don't know how you want to refer to them. Uh, his brother's site or cousin's site, Bucky's fifth quarter, was there um, and asked a question about the axe. And he just kind of went into that. Um, talk too about how it was good for the rivalry. He you know, emphasized too, I don't think Wisconsin let us win it that game by any means. They're not happy that we have the axe, but I think it's just good for the rivalry. And he, it's one, it's a, it's a point he's harped on a, a couple of times too about how like um, Gopher fans tend to get down on themselves like, oh, this will never happen. Oh, we've never done this. It's been this many years we've done that. And he's just talking about how by slowly changing, by doing things we haven't done in a long time, he's helping change that mentality, which I think um, the Wisconsin game does go a long way in um, helping people get out of that cynical mentality, which is why I think a lot of people are excited for this coming season. So I think it has paid dividends. Uh, I don't know how, like, the, I think the question was specifically related to momentum from season to season, and I don't know if I necessarily buy into that. But I think in terms of goodwill and, like, positive energy, that that is certainly there. I thought it was interesting uh, after that um, question, like, you know, the the um, the writer from Bucky's Fifth Quarter was interacting with, you know, other B5Q folks, and, and we were interacting with through our account. Um, and he mentioned that while, you know, Fleck is definitely not for him, both as a rival, you know, fan and as uh, not an 18 year old, uh, he could definitely see where Fleck's message would resonate with uh, quote the use. I mean, that's my quote. He didn't use that. Uh, And I I just, I, I, that's, that's kind of how my take has always been. And it's interesting when I've talked to people who have gotten to see Fleck do his thing live that, if you're willing to take a step back, like the energy draws you in, even if the message isn't for you. 
Um, and it was kind of really neat to see somebody who has no, no reason to say anything even, you know, marginally um, affirmative of Fleck to say, yeah, you know what, it's Wisconsin's couch or uh, Minnesota's couch. I'm going to hate the guy. And uh, I don't think any of what he says makes sense to me, but I can understand where it has, you know, it can be powerful and it's not just a complete waste of time for what he, what, what Fleck specifically is trying to accomplish. That was a neat, a neat moment for me. Um, uh, well, okay. So you had, you had the opportunity to watch Fleck through his, you know, opening press conference, but then you also had the opportunity to sit down with him for not one-on-one, but among other media members for quite a while, right? You, it was like, was it like almost an hour? Yeah. So the way it works is that all the coaches get 15 minutes on the, the main stage. And then after that, there's a schedule of when they're available. Each coach is available at an individual table for an hour. And then the players are also available for an hour too. Um, so basically the gathered media go sit in front of a stage where which basically we have one-on-one time with Fleck and people just shout questions at him for an hour. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun for you. Just, I'll just be on, I'll be on camera for an hour and get random questions tossed at me. And he like loves it. Like you said, he just like, he's such a natural at it and he's just like calm and cool. And he takes it. He like, he just has such a good answer for every question. And it's just, it's so obvious that this is something that he's good at. And I believe some people use that as a criticism, but I just think it's, it's part of a job today as a big 10 coach to be good at that. And it, I think it helps to have a coach who's that kind of PR savvy when it comes to dealing with the media. Before we get to his actual answers, do you think you could sit for an entire hour in front of Mark D'Antonio without feeling like judged? No, he just has that scowl about him. It's just like when it, when it turns towards you, I mean, you, as I say that you're probably visualizing it right now. Just like he has that unpleasant look. I just feel like as soon as he connected with me there, I'd feel like just part of me just like when your heart sinks into your stomach and I just would like, oh, I'd want to leave the room. Not that he's like a bad person by any means. He just has that. Yeah, he just scares me a little bit. <laughs> um, if you had to pick another coach besides Fleck to spend an hour in front of either because uh, for whatever reason, what, what, what would that who would that coach be? Oh, man. Um, good question. I honestly, I, I'm going to get some flack for this. I do, I do like listening to Pat Fitzgerald, I think. And Fleck had a, was asked a question about him today since he has a previous relationship with Fitzgerald and then he was coach of the year last year. Um, he said, you know, Fitzgerald is, he's what you see is what you get. He's down to earth. He's himself, you know, and he's built that Northwestern brand to reflect his style of football. And I just think he's an interesting cat. I mean, he annoys me when we play him, obviously. Um, but I think he's a, he's a he's a, he's a, obviously a good football coach, and what he's done at Northwestern is nothing short of um, you know iconic for that university. I mean, he's gonna he, he's basically coached for life there as long as he wants to be there, and he's certainly turned them into a uh, a consistent contender in the Big Ten. So I think he's just an interesting interview, and I obviously didn't get to hear him today, but I'm pretty sure I heard him last year. Um, but yeah, if I could sit with him for an hour, I think that would hour would go by pretty quickly. All right, so you got an hour with Fleck. Uh, what were your, I mean, just thoughts, impressions, favorite stories, anything from, from that time? Uh, so he, probably the most interesting story was he, this was towards the end. He talked about how, um, you know, there was these rumors pre, during the end of the season that Kirk Scirocco was going to go to West Virginia and <clears throat> Fleck admitted that he got a call 11 o'clock at night around that time from Kirk. And he said, I'm going, 
he's good. He keeps going to the West Virginia job, and you know, Flock was just like, okay, you know, I know this is going to be true for you. You know, we've done a lot, we've done a lot together, and um, then Flack gets a call four hours later at two a.m. He's sleeping. He looks at the phone. It's Kirk again, um, and. <laughs> Apparently Kirk had had a change of heart in the middle of the night, and uh, it just it was just interesting to me that you know um, Fleck would would divulge this because it seems like such a personal situation. I don't I don't know, I don't know if we all know how um, close we actually got to losing uh, Kirk Shiraka, um, but I think it also speaks to um, the personal relationship that the two of them have. And I think Shiraka is a great offensive coordinator. Obviously, we've had some frustrations with him maybe the first couple of years. I, I think he acquitted himself well last year. Um, and I'm excited to see what he does this year with so much talent coming back. But uh, um, it's clear that there's a bond between those two, Fleck and Shraka, and I think that um, Kirk wants to see this through um, to whatever that means, you know, Big Ten Championship or the fulfillment of, of um, whatever goals they have in Minnesota. But that was an interesting story. Um, another coaching staff member that um, Fleck talked about that I haven't really heard him talk about previously was Dan Nichols. Uh, that's the head strength and conditioning coach. Um, and Fleck talked about how he was his first hire as a head coach back at, at Western Michigan. And, uh, he said he talked to coach Doyle at Iowa, whom he said is, you know, the, he actually said it was probably the greatest strength conditioning coach in the country. He didn't feel bad saying that, even though it's Iowa. And he said, you know, who should I hire? And he said, there's one guy, uh, Dan Nichols at, you know, I think he was at university of Maine. And, um, Fleck said the only advice, one of the pieces of advice he'd get from, from Jim Trussell was that you need to find a strength and conditioning coach who has, shares your personality, um, because that's the person that's probably going to spend the most time with your student athletes outside of you, especially in the off season workouts. Um, so they need to be dealing with the same type of personality, same style. Um, and he, and then Fleck, because apparently Dan Nichols, I've never met, I've never heard him is, you know, from uh, the Northeast just has this Northeast, this thick Northeast accent and Fleck launched into just what I assume is a spot on, uh, imitation of it. I need, I'm glad I recorded it. I don't know if I'll be able to upload it, but, or what the sound quality would be like, but it was just hilarious to hear Fleck talking in one of those thick Northeastern accents. Um, but he just emphasized that, um, Dan Nichols is the most important coach he has on staff, and he—I think he mentioned—you know—he raises his salary every year because he understands his importance and he values him. Um, Say so those were those were two memorable stories. The the other memorable moment was um, someone came up and asked him, "Are you always like this?" And Fleck had it paused and way said, "You know, I get that question a lot, but if I asked that to you, you would think it was a weird question." He just said, "It's just like it's oh, such that's, a that's a great answer, actually." He said, "It's such a it's such a strange question to ask somebody." But like, just because flex nature is just so foreign to people, they always ask him like, "Are you always like this?" But really, like, the, and he made a point. You know, this is he said he said this a million times. This is who I am. If I was, um, if I wasn't authentic, if there wasn't the real me, I think we I would have given it up after seven years in football and tried something new. You know, like <laughs> he said, we wouldn't be rowing the boat; we'd be mowing the grass or something. So he said, "This like this is who he is. This is what he believes in." Um, but yeah, I, the, the way he reversed that question to me was just an interesting way to look at it. Cause everyone, you always hear from everyone about how like, he's so different. He's so fake. Why is he like this? Is he like this 24 seven? Whereas like people who, who are who they are, it's just like, just cause his nature doesn't make him any less human than anybody else or like his nature is so weird. So I just thought that was a great, great answer to that question. Yeah. That's a, that's a fantastic, uh, fantastic answer to that question. Uh, so one thing that I've always liked about the off season for basketball is when Patino talks about his players. Um, were there any, 
anecdotes or just answers related to the team that Fleck gave that you found especially interesting? Um, yeah, I obviously got a lot of questions about Tyler Johnson. Um, he did, he said the nickname for the wide receiver core last night, last year was TJ and the boys. Um, <laughs> because obviously Tyler Johnson's only upper class and the rest were, um, freshmen. And I talked to Tyler Johnson later about his, his relationship with them. And I'll have that posted probably next week after I transcribe that interview. So that was interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of player specific. Um, cause you, the thing is with this, um, the way it's set up, there's just like Minnesota beat writers, maybe like three of us, and like the national guys come in, and obviously not a lot of them know a lot about Minnesota players offhand. Um, I think um, Teddy Greenstein from Chicago Tribune asked if Tyler Johnson was the heart and soul of the team, and Flex said he, he's become like that. Um, one one person did ask um, asked about uncertainty of the quarterback position, and I was curious how Flex was going to answer this, and he answered about as what I expected. He said, "I don't." He's like, I'm not sure what you mean by that because I I feel very certain about what we have at quarterback with um, Zach Anikstad and Tanner Morgan. Um, he said in terms of, you know, experience last year and splitting snaps, obviously, you know, this year there's some uncertainty as to who will be quarterback, but he knows exactly what he's going to get from those guys after what he's seen in the offseason, what he saw from them last year. So he's, he's – and I've, I've, I've kind of felt the same way. I, I feel like both were pretty solid last year, I think. Um, Gopher fans. Some Gopher fans are maybe a little too critical, a little too high expectations. You know, these guys aren't going to have you know, seventy-five percent pass completions, four thousand passing yards, and I just think like take a broader look. And the quarterback play we got last year is pretty good historically for what the Gopher program has had, and like nationwide because you're just not going to have Dwayne Haskins every year, um, especially at Minnesota. Um, so I think um, the only the one question I did want to get asked but didn't get. A chance to is I want to ask you know what kind of impact Daniel Falele had on the offensive line last year, but that was one I just, we ran out of time. So uh, yeah, player wise, wasn't a ton of player anecdotes just because the questions can be so broad sometimes based on the piece, people asking them. Yeah, that makes sense. Before we hear Blake's impressions of what he heard from the Minnesota players in attendance today, it's time for a little word from our sponsors. Well, you also got to to speak to obviously. All three players, you got to speak to uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, uh, Tyler Johnson, and Carter Coughlin uh, as part of their availability. What were your takeaways from getting to, to talk to those guys? Uh, I did ask Carter Coughlin about Hamilton um, because at the channel, if people saw they went at the three of them, plus Casey O'Brien went to Hamilton, I think, with Fleck last night. Um, and probably Heather. Do I, wait, uh, do I owe you money? Did you ask the question quoting a Hamilton lyric? I did not. I just asked. Carter was the first one I talked to, and I just asked. I said, "So how was Hamilton not signed?" He said it was great, um, but I did not ask. I did not incorporate any lyrics into songs. Damn it! Um, Damn it! But at Coughlin, he was there last year. He's just a great, and he's a great interview. He's so down to earth. Like he's just like Fleck. He's so comfortable talking to media. Then he's saying, you know, he's a senior. He's done this before. Um, he's just always a fun guy to talk to. Um, and I talked to him about, um, and this is stuff that I'll publish and post next week. I'll post post for each of the interviews with, you know, they brought Carter Coughlin, Tyler Johnson, Mohamed Ibrahim. Um, and some of the things, you know, Coughlin talked about was, you know, the, the different position coaches he's had because he'll have his, you know, third different defensive line position coach this year with um, Panagos taking over for Marcus West. Um, both him and Tyler Johnson talked to them about um, what it was like to um, – clutch the axe and I asked um, Carter Coughlin uh, when he knew during the game um, that this was like actually going to happen they were going to get the axe back and he, he like deadpanned when the Wisconsin fans started filing out of the stadium 
Um, so it's just funny that the players noticed that uh, on the field. Um, and uh, I'm sure that was a, that was a great moment to just see like the defeated Wisconsin fans just retreating from it, their own it stadium. Was, it was magical. It was extremely magical uh, from my perspective as well. And one of uh, one of the things those two also talked about, um, I asked him specifically, and I asked Mohammed this too um, about the turning point in the season um, with the Illinois game because you know that it was kind of like night and day. They got crushed by Illinois, fired Rob Smith, and then they crushed Purdue. Um, and Fleck actually had an interesting perspective on that because I think some people think, you know, like if if you change the Illinois game to a win, the rest of the season plays out the way it does. And Fleck was like, you know, I don't I don't look at it that way. Whereas like maybe that end of the season doesn't happen if we don't lose that game to Illinois, which I think frustrates some people, obviously, because I don't want to lose to Illinois in embarrassing fashion. But I think he said um, that was just kind of a wake up call where, he, you know, he made the call he had to make with the defensive coordinator. And, you know, I think. Uh, Carter Coffin mentioned too that they got together as a team. We're like, let's guys, we need to get back to work. We need to get back to what we do best. Simplify things. Um, so it's just interesting to hear their perspective from the locker room and from um, practice about what changed between the Illinois and Purdue game. Um, and obviously, Carter Coffin had a lot of praise for um, Joe Rossi, um, who's now a defensive coordinator. Um, Mohamed Ibrahim was uh, also a pretty good interview. He's only non-senior there. Um, he was just an interesting cat. You know, he t- talked a lot about you know the way this team started clicking last season down the stretch, especially on the offensive line. Um, he definitely noticed too, after, you know, Daniel Flayley was inserted against Ohio state, um, and the difference he made, um, down the stretch. So that was interesting to talk about. And also his relationship too, with Rodney and Shannon, um, and the way they function as a committee and the way they, if both are healthy this fall, they'll function as a committee. And it's just, just seems like those guys, um, are great teammates and there's no like if there is competition between them it's friendly competition they want to support each other and he says you know we're all each other's cheerleaders um and you know he can say that but it honestly sounds true um so it's just interesting to hear about that dynamic and obviously once i transcribe these interviews we'll get more detail next week so that's my little teaser for to get people to read those any final thoughts on uh on big 10 media days uh, I will miss Carter Coughlin. I'm excited. Uh, he's just a great interview, but I think there's a lot of great, great other players in the program. I and should interview them. Um, it's clear that he's excited for his senior season and he's got high expectations. But yeah, I think we're all ready for for football to be here. I yes, I can very much agree with you on that one. Like, God, there's enough talk about preseason rankings and hype and everything else. Let's just get football on the field and then go enjoy that i am i am ready very, i'm all for it very ready all right blake thank you so much uh excited that you got to have another opportunity at big 10 media days and thanks for bringing all those insights to great takes less filling and with that we will talk to you again next week go gophers sky Yuma, row the boat <laughs>